Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brutes, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me, as always, is Erica and Matt. Yeah, we're here. Oh, yeah. Ryan, how are you? We're going. Yeah, we are. Oh, you're, oh, you're going. I'm going. Where, where are you going? Um, To Small Pond Studios to record episode 166 of the Brutes podcast. That's right. It's what? 166, and we got a big episode for you this week. Yeah. We flew to Hawaii. <laughs> via, I wish. Via Squadcast. Yeah. Squadcast. Via Squadcast. Um, and vin- interviewed the brewmaster of Maui Brewing Company, Kim. And that was an awesome episode. I'm very excited for our listeners to listen to it because imagine living on an island and having a brewery and kind of like a new growing scene. You know, there's a couple big breweries, but the scene's still growing. You know, it's pretty awesome to hear about. Not just that, but yeah, you're on an island and you have to like buy ingredients way in advance, you know, for a massive production brewery. It's, it's crazy to think about. It certainly, you know, makes us look at what breweries do here. And like, certainly the planning stages and all of that stuff is, of course, there's a lot of moving parts in any brewery that you work at. But like, you know, last week additions are not unheard of. Yeah. Also, (laughs) like... They don't have the opportunity to go and say, like, hey, I'm out of hops. Like, that's not an option, you know? Like, in Massachusetts and surrounding states, yeah. like, they kind of have that system where it's like, I'm out of grain. There's oh, don't 20 worry. other breweries right around me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's more of they just have to be way more organized and they have to be very, very adaptable. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But also, like, in the other hand, they do have amazing produce there. So they are able to use, like, fresh guava, pineapple, and stuff that doesn't inherently grow here in this climate so definitely with every negative there's a positive and every positive there's a negative right it's true but huge shout out to our friends distraction brewing company in roslindale last week that was an awesome episode uh thank Tons you so much mike and laura uh and if you get a chance to make your way down to distraction let them know that we sent you because we really love that brewery mm-hmm. indeed uh speaking of loving breweries i personally i went to notch this weekend surprise surprise what yeah, i went to notch That's cool uh, and I had their Fire Walk With Me uh, beer, which is their smoked lager. Oh, sounds delish. And it's delicious. I love it. Do you? I do. I, <laughs> I do. Uh, and I had it when it was like 90 degrees out, and it was still refreshing as all hell. That's awesome. No, Ryan? I, I couldn't do that. It was, no, it was, <laughs> it was really good. Uh, and, you know, my girlfriend, she got the, the uh, Shandy. Ooh, Which, they, have a, they have a great shandy there. Really yeah, the Rattler yeah. there. And I like... Yeah. yeah, the Rattler. Sorry, the Rattler. I feel like it's the same thing. It's I don't a different, know. different term. We might be wrong. We might be right. We should find out for next week so we can tell our listeners. Sounds good. Right. Stay tuned. Uh, Erica, Ryan, where did you guys go this weekend? The usual spots. And um, didn't, again, didn't drink a whole lot. Um, okay. Okay. Except um, right now, I'm drinking some Stone Phase. Yeah, yeah, okay, chief. Yeah, okay, chief. Yeah, okay, chief. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I am drinking a seltzer from our friends Drecker. Yeah, they showed us some beer, which was very kind of them. Yes. Thank really you appreciate so much. it. Yeah. Uh, and this one is a banana, raspberry, blueberry, blueberry white chocolate seltzer. seltzer. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy, but it does the job, and uh, I'm feeling weird. Feeling, <laughs> feeling weird. <laughs> In a good way. And Erica, what have you been drinking? I see you got that untapped device up. It's the best way for me to remember anything. Because <laughs> I forget all the time. Her memory's good. It's just short. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually, this is just from a couple of days ago. I had um, 
Oh, no, it's Dasasia, maybe? Dasasia, yeah. Yeah, I, like I think that. that's, how gonna, that's how they pronounce that. Um, by Remnant, it was a sour um, bottle, barrel-aged um, oh, they're really they good at that stuff. Um, oh, my God, Keller. Yeah, so good. So I cracked that one up the other day, and uh, it was really good. Yeah. Solid. You know, I am getting excited for a particular beer to come out, and this may or may not be a little teaser for next week's oh, episode. Oh, is it Gilded Skull? It's the Gilded Skull. Oh, yeah. 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 I saw his video. Did you see that it video was yet, Ryan? so cool. It's, it's epic. So he's going to be releasing a beer. What is it, in the middle of July? So epic. No, uh, June 15th. Oh, it wasn't no, it's July fifteenth. Okay, and Neil, I'm Big sorry if we get the, 15, if we get the maybe. date wrong, yeah. but I'm very excited about this. This is going to be one of the bigger releases that they've done. Neil has not done a release in a couple months, so yeah, it's been a little while. And so that promo excited. video is just like awesome. You have to get it just for the video. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Um, it's pretty cool. And you are going to see another collab with Gilded Skull, another oh, brewery, yeah. a band, and maybe another podcast. What? We'll tell you more. Yeah, next week. Um, but we want to continue to get amazing episodes like we did with Maui this week. And Definitely. the only way that we can continue to do this amazing work that we're doing, pat myself on the shoulder, pat yourself on the shoulder, pat yourself on the shoulder, Ryan. I'm doing it. On, I'm doing Erica, it. I'm doing it. Is what, Ryan? Go to www.patreon.com forward slash brews podcast. That's right. We also have merch for sale right now. And if you send us a DM or a email at info at we have multiple sizes for everybody out there so yeah just come on we'll send you a shirt you also might get a custom shirt that i Could personally reverse tie-dyed what? and i get a lot of compliments on my reverse tie-dyed no definitely box. it's a really cool shirt yeah yeah so i think we're gonna kick it over to the episode with kim um, from maui brewing company uh team you got anything else negative ghost rider nope <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the best yeah yeah no it was Polar great opposites i love it uh yeah so we'll catch you on the outro ryan's favorite part cheers. cheers cheers all right so erica and sound guy ryan we are here in finally beautiful massachusetts yes it's been uh, a long time coming i feel like <laughs> it has not that the winter itself was gross but i mean i think the whole spring has been kind of gross yeah wet and yeah kind of chilly for a long time yeah so today kind of felt like the official start of spring, summer. Yeah. You know, I can Agreed. I can certainly tell because of my allergies. Yeah. I'm very nasally. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this brewery here, I definitely wish we did a couple months earlier so I could warm up. And, like, in person. And in person. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> um, but, you know, you look on social media and you always see people go on their honeymoons or going on this great vacation. All the positives. The place, all the po- amazing. place is amazing. We get it. We get it. Yeah, we do. And plus, <laughs> I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to try to surf. I want to I want to get a poke surf. bowl. Uh, oh, I mean, which yeah. is a Hawaiian delicacy. Ooh, Hawaiian. I mean, I might be generalizing because that's all I know about this state. <laughs> Um, other than like my mom went there and she talks about it every time I say I want to go on vacation. She's like, you should go to this state. So cool. Erica, where are we today? <laughs> we're in Hawaii and we're interviewing Kim of Maui Brewing Company. Hey Kim, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, yeah, we're pretty good. Thanks good. for, thanks for good. doing this today. Uh, we are very excited to interview, um, a brewery from Hawaii and one that we can actually get out here in Massachusetts. We see your beer in our local liquor stores and in areas that we can buy beer. So it's really cool to be talking to someone who we've actually had your beer and and I enjoy your beer. It's a very good beer and it's cool to yeah. uh, finally talk to the person behind the beer that we get to enjoy. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a 
I've been with the company since uh, 2008. Um, I kind of, this is my second stint uh, with the company. I started uh, like late 2007, early 2008. Um, and then I left in 2012 uh, for San Diego. Um, but my first uh, few years at Maui, I was just a production brewer. Um, I worked like three years at the production facility, which we had like a 30 barrel brew house. Um, and then I was promoted to a uh, lead brewer of the brew pub, which is like a seven barrel brew pub up in Kahana. Um, and that was really where I love to be because I got to experiment with different recipes and really hone in what um, my recipe development skills as a brewer, because seven barrels at a brew pub doesn't um, last very long. So yeah. I, was, I was at least brewing two to three times uh, a week and changing up the recipes and really trying to dial those in. So it was That's a good awesome. time. That is cool. So we got a great introduction of you. We are curious, though, what is your first memory of beer? Ooh. <laughs> well, I I didn't really like beer when I was in college. Um, I went to college in at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, the central coast of California, um, and I was actually studying food science and wine chemistry. So I was I was trying to become possibly a winemaker, um, and just because the whole central coast is. Uh, surrounded by vineyards. It's a beautiful place um, to be. And I tried beer for the first time and it was probably at like some college party and it was Budweiser. <laughs> and it was just, I was like, why does anyone drink this? Um, but uh, Slow was, uh, had a good um, spectrum of different craft beers. And I guess my gateway beer was Lost Coast Downtown Brown. And it was, I was like, didn't really know that beer could taste differently than say like just a light lager like yeah. Budweiser. Um, and I think I went towards that brown ale because it was like smooth, not bitter, had chocolate kind of coffee notes to it. So I was like, that's when I started to really get into craft beer. Mm. Awesome. Uh, are you originally from California? Or are you originally from Hawaii? Where, where are you from? I'm from Northern California, just East of San Francisco. Uh, both my parent parents uh, worked in San Francisco and commuted, um, and but my mom worked for United Airlines, and she would take us traveling all over. We went to a bunch of different countries, but Hawaii was a place that we would go since I was a little kid every year uh, for vacation. So I was like five years old, and I told my parents that I was going to live in Hawaii one day, and they're nice. like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, when I was 24, um, after working, after graduating uh, college and working in the wine industry for a few years, I decided just to take a chance and, and move out to Hawaii. Nice. What brought you to Hawaii originally? Um, I didn't have a job. I actually just had an opportunity. I had a friend that, yeah, her parents were moving out here. And um, I was trying to decide either to do a, a harvest in Australia or just take a chance and move out to Hawaii. And um, luckily I had a place to stay, but I didn't have a job um, lined up yet. I had emailed Garrett a few months before uh, to see if, you know, there was any job opportunities at the brewery. Um, and he was just like, 
why don't we talk when you get on island? There's a lot, you know, people come here wanting to have a job, which is totally legit. But um, sometimes it's easier to hire someone when they're actually physically here. You get to meet them and see them in person. So. I think a lot of the times people get the Instagram view of, and I say Instagram loosely, right? Like everyone has seen photos of their parents at Hawaii or, you know, a loved one who went on a cruise or so on and so forth. But uh, what attracted you to Hawaii from such a young age? Obviously beautiful beaches, the ocean, the culture, but what, for Kim, what did that, what attracted you to Hawaii? I think it was the ocean and just how, especially Maui, it feels like a, a small town. I mean, we don't have cities on Maui. It's just um, pretty spread out. Uh, I live in Kihei right by uh, the brewery. Um, and I just, I was never a huge partier. I mean, I never really went out um, to bars very often. And Maui has that small town feel, almost like how San Luis Obispo had in college. Um, and people would always ask me if I ever got island fever or just bored here. And actually I feel less, I guess, claustrophobic in a isolated island than I do (laughs) in a big city. I lived in San Diego for uh, a little over four years and I, I loved it, but I actually, that's over like a city like that was overwhelming for me. And I rather just have kind of a slower pace, mm. less people. Um, and just the, the vastness of the ocean felt like so non claustrophobic to me. So um, I've lived here for almost nine, over nine years. And um, I probably still haven't explored every inch of this Island, even though it's a pretty small one. Obviously, Hawaii not known for its beer. When you ask someone, the first thing they think about Hawaii. Um, what's the craft beer scene like out there in Hawaii? It's definitely a lot better than it was when I first started brewing um, in 2008. Um, there was craft beer here, uh, but it was just the major brands: Sierra Nevada, um, sorry, uh, Sierra Nevada, um, Deschutes you know, Brooklyn, like they, they would uh, distribute beer here. Um, but there wasn't really, there was only maybe less than a handful of brewers brewing in Hawaii, a couple on Oahu, Big Island, and we were the only ones here. Um, so when I started brewing at the pub, um, I don't think people really knew what fresh beer tasted like either. Um, and because by the time it would get here from the mainland, it was at least three or four weeks old, maybe oxidized at that point. So when they were tasting like a fresh IPA, they were like a little bit put off <laughs> at first. Yeah. You know, they were, they were just like, oh, man, this is like a lot of hops or this is a little bit more bitter. Where they were used to that, like maybe malty, a slightly oxidized flavor that an IPA was. But it only took a few weeks for them to kind of change their mind and was like, this is what fresh hop, you know, IPAs taste like. Um, And I learned quickly that um, working at a pub, you know, I probably made, had 20, 25 beers on the board. Um, And as a young brewer, I would get a little self-conscious if someone didn't like my beer. So I had to, uh, but I had to quickly realize that I can't make everyone happy. I just have to make a spectrum of beers Mm -hmm. that would probably suit everyone's taste. Um, 
And my biggest challenge is for the non-beer drinkers to make a beer that would change their mind of like what a beer is. And my mom was one of them. She didn't like beer. But a few of my beers that were a little bit lighter, maybe more fruity, less bitter, um, especially like say kettle sours or Belgian wits. Um, it's awesome to see like the surprise on their face when they're like, this is beer. This is like what <laughs> beer could taste like. Yeah. <laughs> so that That's always awesome. feels good. Yeah. Now Maui is, is, is a destination for vacationers, correct? Yes, so definitely. Yeah. Do you have to kind of keep your portfolio of, of beer, you know, pretty diverse to support, you know, people from a diverse all, people. Yeah. yeah. Coming to the Island to say, you know, like your, your light lager drinkers, you know, you have your hop heads that may come in or, um, or are you supporting the local drinkers too? You know, how do you balance that, you know, that dynamic? Um, it was interesting. And I think COVID really, um, defined what, you know, maybe tourists were drinking versus, uh, the locals, um, and we were still brewing during COVID, but definitely at a, a lower pace or a slower pace. Um, and Bikini Blonde, which is our Munich, Munich Helles Lager, uh, is definitely one of our top core beers, um, probably about 28, 30% of our mix. Um, and, but Big Swell IPA is around 20 to 25% of the mix. Um, when COVID hit, that percentage of Bikini Blonde went down quite a bit um, and Bigswell rose up and we had no tourists at wow. that point. So that was saying a lot of the locals were still drinking Bikini Blonde, but they were really wanting uh, the Bigswell or like our double IPA. That's interesting. Um, maybe, maybe they wanted the more alcohol. Like, <laughs> thing kind of thing. <laughs> Do you think that's because the um, local drinker can't get you know, those juicy IPAs or whatever IPA styles you're making? It could be. Um, I think back maybe 10 years ago um, or five, 10 years ago was that point. But we have a lot of like Oahu brewers, Big Island brewers. And I think Oahu has like maybe over 10 breweries, um, maybe more than that now. So uh, you can get a lot of local fresh beer um, pretty easily. Um, and... I think for the most part, when people come here on vacation, which our production pre-COVID, about 80% of our production was consumed on the islands. And we did wow. close to 60,000 barrels last year wow. in 2019. So it was um, not having tourism last year was definitely a big hit for us. But uh, luckily everyone loves hard seltzers and we produced <laughs> uh, three of them. And uh, we actually did about 11 to 12,000 barrels of hard seltzer wow. um, last <laughs> during COVID. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. So before we get into, you know, the seltzer game and what you guys are brewing, what's going on right now, we have some words from our amazing sponsors. So Ryan, why don't you take it away real quick for us? Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. 
Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BRUITS for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. All right, so we're back, Kim. Um, 2008, when you started in the industry, hard seltzers were not even not really a thing. A thing right? <laughs> I think Mike's Hard Lemonade was like the closest thing to what uh, modern day hard seltzer is. Um, and what do you? What's your opinion of hard seltzer? Um, I know we've talked with a lot of local brewers and brewers across the country. We get the answer of hell no, I'll never make a hard seltzer. <laughs> and then COVID hit, and there all of a sudden those those everyone's making them. Everyone's making them. Um, <laughs> What's your opinion? Uh, what are you doing to delineate yourselves from, you know, the White Claws and, you know, the... The, the, the hundreds of other... Uh, hundreds of other seltzers out there. Yeah. Uh, so I heard about hard seltzers back um, at my last brewery. I worked for St. Archer in San Diego. I was one of the founding brewers there. Uh, they were acquired by Miller Coors. And uh, I stayed about a year after... Uh, the purchase of St. Archer and I got to see kind of behind the scenes of Miller Coors and um, it was definitely a learning experience. Everyone was super nice and I learned a ton. Um, but that was when I heard about their, they were doing R and D on hard seltzers. And at first I was, I, I would drink um, just regular salt, like sparkling water yeah, seltzers yeah. all the time. So I thought it was kind of crazy and a little gross at first, but um <laughs> I do, admittedly, I do drink hard seltzers uh, here. We make really good ones. Uh, we have a Pog version, version, which is my favorite, and that is um, uh, passion fruit orange guava, Ooh, uh, which nice. is kind of just, it's pretty well known here as just a juice blend that um, Hawaii is kind of famous for. Um, and then we do a citrus one, which is a blend of like lemon and key lime. And then our most popular one is our dragon fruit, which uh, is dragon fruit and, and some cherry as well. Nice. So. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about seltzer. I'm, I'm more curious about the <laughs> beer. Um, so you, you mentioned right. the IPA. You mentioned the, uh, the lager that you guys are brewing. But what else are you brewing um, and on the island? Uh, we do a mix like this. This year we have uh, eight can releases and we kind of change them up uh, every year. We sometimes bring things back. Um, 
And usually it's a beer that maybe was really popular on a, a draft release uh, the year before, um, or it's a collaboration with an, another brewery. So uh, the eight releases that we did this year, um, we did four, or we are going to do four different types of hazies. We've done two so far. Um, and the first uh, one was we took our Big Swell IPA and we made it into a hazy version, which is was really popular. We kind of focused on uh, the, the three hops that we love in Big Swell, Citrus Simcoe, and uh, cit- citrus of go and mosaic, and we used a, a blend of T90s and cryo hops from YCH. So, nice. um, you guys know a little bit about cryo hops? Yeah, a little bit. It's um, higher alpha. Is that right? Than regular hops? Higher alpha. Yeah, they have a um, a process, and I think they use some sort of like liquid nitrogen mm. to really concentrate the lupulin in the hops and concentrate it either it's twice as strong uh but it gets a lot of like the the flower the vegetal matter out of the hop gotcha uh, so that the less of of that uh the less oxidation can also happen so i think it definitely helps with um stability of the beer but it it also just like accentuates the best part of, of the hops so we use them a lot in our just regular Big Swell and a lot of our beers. Nice. Um, and so we did a hazy Big Swell, which we might bring back occasionally, just draft only. Um, and then we did a collaboration with a brewery called Roadhouse in Wyoming. And we did um, a hazy IPA with Lilikoi. Um, so we we used a bunch of Lilikoi or passion fruit, uh, local and um, some purees. And it turned out really, really great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, kind of talking about that, how difficult is it to source everything for all these beers? I mean, you're on an island. I don't know. Yeah, great question. I was literally <laughs> how much is grown there? You know. <laughs> yeah, is uh, fresh hops a thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wet hops. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a brewery, uh, Big Island Brew House in Waimea on on the Big Island, uh, and they grow uh, some of their hops, just small small kind yeah. stuff. Uh, but all of our hops are sourced mostly from Yakima, Washington, mm-hmm. um, and uh, some from Germany, some from New Zealand. But uh, we have to import on our size. We have to import the hops um, in. Yeah. Uh, for for malts, we do import uh, malt from Canada, uh, the U.S., and Germany. And from Germany, it comes direct to us and it probably takes about 18 to 20 weeks um, for for it to come here. (laughs) Yeah. So, so that's the difficult part, but (laughs) as long as you get into a rhythm, um, I've been doing this for years. So um, sourcing those raw materials Hmm. is pretty easy for me. Yeah. You got to down now. For like releases that we do, uh, I have to think about bringing things in you know, five, four or five months before, um, we start, we start brewing them. Um, but other than that, I mean, like a lot of fruit grows here, Um, tropical, tropical fruit. We have a lot of citrus that grows here. Um, and so we're lucky in that aspect. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to be brewing a, a pog hazy. Um, and we're, uh, we're sourcing most of the guava and some of the lilikoi, from a farm out uh, in 
uh, close to Wailuku. Cool. Wow. So, so is that difficult when you know a New England style IPA is is I, I, I'm just more or less asking in like the vein of trends, right? You see lactose yeah, IPAs, right? Is it hard to say trends. like, well, everyone's brewing a lactose <laughs> IPA, but I can't get that specific hop or that specific malt. So or it's gonna I'm going to be five, five months. months. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be five months behind the trend. <laughs> Which it, is a fine trend I mean, to be behind. Who cares about <laughs> lactose IPAs? Like, I hate right. them. So, yeah, yeah. I I think in Hawaii in general, we're behind the trend in a lot of things. I think we're just so isolated here yeah. that... And that, that's a, a big reason why I left in the first place. I mean, I was still a brewer that was trying to, like, become a head brewer. And being on an island felt isolated. So I had to, like, immerse myself in uh, a community that I felt was the best and the most competitive. Um, and San Diego was, was that for me. I had, you know, we there's thousands of breweries in San Diego. And so I just few, wanted yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be like in the center of uh, where it was happening. And Garrett, he he jokes that I went to college <laughs> to, in San Diego for four years, and then I'm I'm back now. I've graduated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so now let's talk about that. So you left to kind of start a new brewery, um, and that brewery was bought out. I don't think we've ever talked to anyone. Yeah, that's about that. The... So that that's really interesting. Yeah. What was that process like? Um, it was tough. I mean, I went to San Diego to better myself as a brewer, but I also went to San Diego because, um, I met a girl <laughs> as Aww. well. So classic, um, she's now my wife. So, um, yeah. it worked out. <laughs> uh, she's a, She's a coffee roaster. Uh, she was working in La Jolla at the time. And, um, Is that the hat she, you're wearing? I'm just curious. Yeah. Shout so out. Give a shout out. Give yeah. a shout out. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her, our business here, uh, which is actually in the brewery, uh, her roasting facility is in the brewery, and it's called Origin Coffee Roasters. So she focuses on cold brew coffee and whole bean. Um, but we're, we're, doing, we're doing great. She, So in San Diego, I, I, I moved there because for a job and for her and starting a brewery was tough. I mean, we went from 3000 barrels our first year to almost 30,000 barrels within Ooh, three years. So wow. it was huge yeah. growth. <laughs> cool. It was huge growth. Yeah. And luckily I had to get, I, I was able to do that with some of my best friends. Um, cool. We had the, a really great crew uh, we worked hard and uh, we all really got along, but um, they decided to, the owners decided to um, sell uh, to Miller Coors. And it was a little bit shocking because we were only three years old. Yeah. Uh, but, and I was definitely, you know, taken aback by it, but I was trying to keep an open mind about it and, I did a lot of trips to Wisconsin over that year and uh, just got to learn everything about, maybe not everything, but about <laughs> Miller Coors and how they run things and the brewers there. And I really only have positive things to say because I was only there for a year yeah. and uh, they weren't really pushing for things while I was there. Yeah. Um, I just knew that. Can you say ahead. the same? Can you say the same for today? 
that they didn't change things. Yeah. I, I just know that there's only one person left at St. Archer um, that of our original team. Yeah. Um, so I can't really say what happened. I know it is a struggle when two companies come together and try to um, like align uh, their vision. So um, I'm not really, yeah. I have no comment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Yeah, you're not privy to it. <laughs> right, I mean, right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Right. for that year, I mean, what were some of the positives and some of the changes that um, you saw? Uh, I guess the biggest thing is that my lab budget, I was trying to build a lab at the time at St. Archer, and I think I only had a budget of less than $10,000. Yeah, good luck doing anything with lab equipment. (laughs) (laughs) You can buy like a microscope. uh, Right. And uh, Miller Coors, they invest a ton in research and their quality program. So my $10,000 went to like over a hundred grand, which, yeah, that was like (laughs) a huge thing. Yeah. Um, and just some of their like R and D things, it kind of, and just visiting their facilities and just to see how like the big boys do it. Yeah. It was just eye opening for me. Cause I was, you know, at the time I left Maui and what St. Archer was there, it was pretty much manual. We we're trying to go towards a little bit more automation, but um, I never got to see anything on like that size scale. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, that's cool. I guess it was kind of positive for anyways the time that you you know were there for that. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. What did you take back from St. Archer's to Maui that you know you were saying like you know I worked at Maui for Automation four years. And... That is like kind of <laughs> what did you bring back to Maui that you were like oh man I need to do this. I mean, there's a lot of things. I grew a ton while I was at St. Archer and. I mean, I think the biggest thing I took back was how to be, I guess, a head brewer or manager. Like I went into this industry, not really wanting to be a brewer. I just wanted to make beer, you know, Um, and at St. Archer, I had to grow into a role where I had to lead a team and manage people. And, you know, um, and I think that was a harder transition for me. And that's kind of what I brought back to Maui is uh, trying to, to work on my leadership skills and, and try to be that like team captain uh, for, for the crew. So. Oftentimes in the craft beer industry, we, we hear about collaboration. We hear about these Facebook groups or these, you know, discord chats or whatever, so on and so forth of, of a brewer, you know, a, a network of brewers who can share, you know, grain of something. How does that work on an island? Do you have that same kind of network <laughs> or, you know, I'm sure you experienced that in California, right? Like, Right. You can go across the street and like borrow some yeast or yeah, a exactly. bag of malt. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, we still do that uh, here and it's just a little bit less. Uh, we have a brewery on island, um, Kohola and, uh, we try to help them as much as we can if they're if they're low on on any kind of supplies or if we have extra hops. I always email um, the we have a brewers guild here, so I'll email the brewers guild and ask if anyone's um, you know wanting hops for purchase or anything. So yeah. it is a little bit harder, and we try to um, collaborate or like help each other out as we can. But it is, we are separate islands as well. So it is, it gets a little difficult. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. All right. Well, before we dive more into that and, well, everything else, we're going to do another quick uh, sponsorship break. 
Take it away, Ryan. Take it away, Ryan! Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Barut sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. All right, so we're back with Kim from from Ivory. I'm curious, right? Uh, being on an island, you know, what are some of the struggles, obvious struggles of being a brewer on you know an island? You know, we don't have a brewery across the street. You don't have a brewery two b- blocks down the road. Um, what's some of the struggles? I think the biggest struggle we face is just if equipment goes down or things break it because we're isolated or it takes a plane flight or the mail is a little bit slow to get parts out here and to get things in a timely manner even raw materials we really have to prepare you know months months out um to make sure we have the raw materials here but we don't have too much where you know they go bad or you know they stale or you know so we have to really have that balance um, luckily with certain things, we can get them locally, like cans, we get cans made, uh, locally in Oahu and they fly over here or they barge over here. Nice. Um, but Garrett has built this brewery knowing that he's, you know, worked in a facility that if something goes down we can't brew or we can't package, it costs us a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so he built this, uh, our new facility uh, with that in mind, with redundancies, we have two boilers, we have two brew houses. Wow. We, wow. Um, yeah, we have, you know, two air compressors um, with sustainability as well. Uh, where we really struggled is if with CO2, CO2 is really expensive. And if uh, we missed a shipment or the supplier couldn't deliver, we couldn't package or we couldn't transfer beer. So uh, Garrett is really into um, finding alternative ways to get CO2. Uh, we do have a CO2 recovery system. Oh, cool. And yeah, all of our, yeah. So we worked with Hoffman's Pentair um, and they built a recovery system inside of a shipping container. It's this blue shipping container and they dropped it at our facility. <laughs> um, it's cool. plumbed into um, all of our outdoor fermentations, uh, fer- fermenters, and anytime we have active uh, fermentation, uh, we can capture that CO2. Uh, we filter it just to get any impurities out, like yeah, yeast, moisture, um, uh, sulfur compounds, and then it goes through a f- three stages of compression 
and then distilled back into liquid CO2 for our use. That's, that's so um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's a wicked cool. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Do you would you normally have to like ship in CO2, or do you have a place there that's producing? Yeah, yeah producing it. There's a plant um, in Oahu um, that, but it like we still have to order some. We still do supplement some of our yeah. with with them, uh, but it's just nice to be able to not be a hundred percent dependent right, not have to worry about it too much yeah and the way we can recover co2 it's more pure than how our supplier can manufacture co2 that's cool and then you're yeah. also um a solar brewery as well is that correct yeah we have um the whole uh roof um and the parking awnings our tasting room all covered in pv solar nice uh, we have 21 tesla batteries and Sweet. Uh, we're able to <laughs> um brew with the sun um in a couple weeks or hopefully this week uh, we're commissioning um a solar thermal to heat and cool water for our brewing process too awesome. um, yeah so we'll see uh we'll see how that commissioning goes and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's going to be huge for us um just to get hot and cold water on demand uh from the sun yeah yeah that's awesome you mentioned uh you get cans from o- oahu right Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are still in the the twelve ounce cans, correct? We are. Is that the form factor that's just you know more attractive for the the local Hawaii market, or or why haven't or is there a reason? Why not sixteen sixteen ounce, ounce yeah. cans? Yeah. <laughs> right. So the Wahoo plant. Because um, you have uh, those pre-COVID. ridges on them, right? The 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 your, right. your, your cans are pretty unique. <laughs> so the mainland cans are a two hundred two can. That was what ball um, produce produces on the mainland here, uh, is a 206 and it was what cans were like for uh, probably in the 1950s, 1960s, somewhere in the 19th. I'm going to be making up these numbers. So <laughs> yeah. don't Sounds great. Though. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think in the 1970s, um, maybe earlier, uh, to save aluminum, uh, balls started tapering their cans to save like trillions of pounds of aluminum. Hmm. Um, that's when they went to the 202. The Oahu plant here uh, was only producing maybe two to three days a week at that point. So there was no reason or they didn't want to invest the money to upgrade their equipment yeah. uh, for some, a plant that was barely producing. Um, so that's why they always stuck uh, with the 206 cans. Um, but during COVID, uh, there was a shortage on the mainland of right. aluminum and cans. Uh, so the Oahu plant started producing cans for uh, the mainland as well. So they're probably up to like full wow. time now. Wow. Um, there yeah. might there might be um, an upgrade of cans in the future of the 202 for them. Uh, we're still waiting to hear on that. So our cans in the future might change to what the mainland cans are. Wow. All right. Um, but they only they only produce the twelve ounce cans, and gotcha. that's it. Gotcha. So the first beer I've had from you guys was the coconut porter, and I always Ooh, I always awesome. laughed because I was like, <laughs> I don't ever think I want to drink a porter in the summer, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that that beer makes it out to our area um, quite a bit. Is that <laughs> people drinking porters in you know ninety degree weather, eighty degree weather? <laughs> uh Mostly visitors, uh, because they'll taste the coconut porter, you know, in California or on the mainland. And they're like, I want to taste it at the source because yeah. I love this beer. So I want to taste it like at the brewery. So mostly 
coconut porter is in our uh it's probably like our third or fourth um of our mix uh, in rank wise but uh actually the the beer that people like the most is our imperial coconut porter Ooh. so a regular co- <laughs> a regular coconut porter is six percent um and it has around four pounds per barrel of toasted coconut that we toast in-house yeah. uh, but our imperial coconut has over 10 pounds per barrel mm. of coconut nice. and is nine percent alcohol yeah. so it's a delicious beer yeah yeah no definitely i'm sure your brew house smells terrible when you're brewing that too right? <laughs> the worst smell ever uh it's always interesting you know hawaii being the vacation location that it is and supporting the local you know you know, local patrons, uh, we always want our listeners to kind of go out and explore these places safely, you know, when COVID and you're vaccinated, so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, being a local to the area for as long as you've been there, where are places people should go and where, like, outside of Mount, you know, where you are? Yeah, like what? Outside? Bar, di- bar uh, like dive Like your bars, dive bar, best place to best get a hamburger. burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been... I like sad, but great in the same, in the same point with like COVID because things closed down or, and maybe chefs were out of work. So they started opening up maybe their own food truck or uh, their own kind of like uh, food window. There's this place called Havens that just opened up in Kihei down the street from uh, the, the, the brewery and they're in a gas station and it's just oh, like this cool. walk up window, nice. this walk up window. And they do, uh, a kind of a fusion between like smash burgers and like Asian food. So they have like Simon and ramen and nice. um, tamaki, which is like like a sushi roll with uh, nori. But they also have like delicious burgers. Um, so that's a place that I actually went there yesterday. It was <laughs> is pretty good. <laughs> cool. um, I think the best. It's packed though. Usually, like the best place I get. I don't go out very often, but. I always will go out to Monkey Pod because their Mai Tais are the best. They have Ooh, really strong drinks, but yeah, their Mai Tai, yeah. they have this uh, passion fruit foam on top and it just nice. like makes it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm into that. I'm definitely. Into that. Definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so kind of like throughout your whole entire career here, has there been any kind of like specific education that you've done different? I don't know scholarship kind of things that you've gone to like learn more about brewing or have you just kind of learned on the job as you've gone? I definitely learned on the job as um, I was going. There's a lot of trial and error yeah. that happens with uh, brewing. Um, other brewers are really open to share uh, ideas as well. Cause I think we all face that thing where we don't want other people to fail like we failed enough <laughs> that i'm like i'll help you out yeah, yeah. um and that's the best part of our our industry um yeah, but there's there's seminars that i've gone through over the years uh you know craft brewers conference um i go to hop selection every year and they oh, always wow. do a hop school um and last year there was a, a bunch of podcast seminars and uh, conferences online so yeah. those are huge um for for us here especially um that can't travel as much uh, and pre-covid too you know we would get a ton of brewers coming to visit maybe like every other week there would be a brewer um 
that would come to visit. And I would try to coax them to come to the brewery and do a talk story session with the, the brewers yeah. just so that they would have like, they could explain their brewery and maybe a, right. you know, a specific process that they're, they specialize in. And it was, it was nice for the brewers to kind of like have that just as, you know, we are isolated here and we're, right. we aren't able to travel as much. Definitely. So, so kind of really along cool. yeah. that vein, um, collab beers. Do you guys do a lot of collab beers with different breweries there um, on the islands or is that even a thing? You mentioned Wyoming <laughs> earlier. I was like, what? Yeah. Wyoming? <laughs> right. Uh, we love doing collaborations. There was uh, two years ago, we did four releases with uh, four breweries as a, as a collaboration. So um, we try to do it as much as possible. I think people come here and they're like, I'm coming to visit. Let's collab. Yeah. So it's easy, to, <laughs> easy for us yeah. to, right? Exactly. So uh, we do a lot and I think it's a way to learn um, different techniques and almost sometimes I get stuck in the same routine of like what I do. Yeah. So it's nice to kind of break that routine and see what other people are doing and kind of try new things. So definitely for sure. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. All right. So this is the end of the interview. Ryan. Just about. Do you have an amazing question for us? <laughs> you don't want to ask that question? He's got no questions. I'm going to ask it. All right. <laughs> so is there one thing in the brewing world or in the business world that you want to learn more of? I think I've been kind of transitioning uh, my role or my passion um, a little bit over the last year. I was super focused on, you know, uh, driving creativity and recipe development. And um, I'm trying to move that focus to the brewers and really mentor them in making the recipes and driving that. Um, I'm getting older, so I want the young kids to come up with those those new trends. Um, and I'm more getting into uh, process development, efficiency, you know, like trying to make the brewery run as, as best as it can. Yeah. Um, Cause that's a new challenge for me that I haven't been doing over the last, like at least focusing on for the last few years. So I, uh, I'm really into that and just process development and trying to make everyone, everyone's job easier and just more consistent. Definitely. Cool. Is there a, uh, like a mainland beer that you can't get that you wish you could? Oh, that's a great question. It's probably, probably a lot of them. Right. <laughs> like what you don't know, you don't know. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, it's true. It's true. I know. Uh, luckily, there's so many people that visit and bring beer all oh, the time. That's cool. that's so, right. yeah. <laughs> nice. And typically they bring it right from the brewery. So it's like the freshest yeah. it can be. But we're, yeah. we're, we're actually pretty spoiled because we I don't think I don't even remember the last time I actually bought beer. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good the problem perks. to have. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have any guilty pleasure beers at home? Guilty pleasure beers. Um, I'm really, I really love the beers from um, Rare Barrel in Berkeley, California. Um, they do sour beers, but they're typically on the lower ABV, and they have. Um, uh, always like nice subtle fruit. They're not like over the top, top, and they're 
I've been holding it for a, a little bit, but their Map of the Sun, which is an apricot sour, mm. uh, stone fruit sours are um, some of my favorite. And yeah. it's just like super drinkable without being like overwhelmingly sour and, you know, overwhelming your palate. Right. Apricot's so. kind of like a weird flavor, too, I feel like. It's not always. Yeah, we tried to brew a beer and it sucks with apricot. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it a sour beer or just like a normal? No, Ryan, what was beer? it? It was a blonde. It was a blonde with apricot. Yeah. I think sometimes like it could be very muddled and just right. I think that acidity, the acidity kind of brings it up and kind of brightens the fruit a little bit. Noted. So. Take notes, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, Take yeah. Notes. <laughs> we'll try it again. <laughs> so can we want people to go to the brewery in Hawaii? Can you give us a specific location of the brewery so uh, people can go on their next vacation? Yeah, so we have two locations, but the main location um, is in South Maui in Kihei at 605 Lapoa Parkway. Uh, we have a restaurant here um, and uh, we have tours um, every, I think every day now. So um, yeah, come on. And we actually have a lot of outdoor seating. We, nice. um, we have these huge doors that go up and there's a, like a garden area and the picnic, picnic benches. So there's a lot of people have been coming out just because um it they feel safer and just more you want to be outside yeah when you're in hawaii and we probably have one of the biggest outdoor seating uh for um for restaurants here and we have live music occasionally too so it's just nice atmosphere cool and in the mainland where Ooh, I, we... I actually had a question before this okay. yeah Go ahead. What's, Go ahead. what's the best <laughs> what's the best meal to get at the restaurant with beer what's your what's your go-to pairing for you know we want an insiders oh. like you know yeah, there you go. You what, go. what's the insiders take Ooh, we have a lot we have really good fish and chips which you know with our bikini blonde or pilsner that goes really well but i actually really like our jalapeno bacon burger because it's like Ooh. salty and i eat that i i drink that with uh with our Pueo Pale Ale, which is like a five and a half percent pale ale with Citra and Simcoe. Yeah. It's, it's super drinkable and it goes well uh, with that burger. Ryan, we got to get burgers tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> We're sold on burgers now. <laughs> She's mentioned it at least twice now. Oh, it sounds so good. <laughs> well, and, and on the mainland, where's the... Uh, where can we get your beer? Where can we get your beer? Uh, if you go to our website, uh, MauiBrewing.com, there's like a beer finder page and you can, okay. wherever you're at, you, I think you can type in your zip code and it'll show you um, where uh, you can find our beer. Perfect. So hopefully we only distribute to, I think about 19 to 20 states now, mostly focusing on um, the West Coast, uh, but we are, you know, on the East Coast as well. Yeah. So perfect. perfect. Yeah, I've definitely seen your beer in the liquor stores around here. So yeah, I try to grab it, it when I can. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, my last question. Always best like question. <laughs> maybe the best question. Um, <laughs> what are you most proud of? Oh, in general or just in brewing? <laughs> yeah, whatever, whichever way you want to take it. Um, let's see. That's an interesting question. Um, I guess I'm most proud of just where I am, I guess, in life in general. I think, you know, I'm not, I'm 37 years old and been a brewmaster for two breweries, um, which, you know, I've been very 
focus and, you know, passionate about what I've been doing. And, it, you know, I think when I'm into something, I eat, sleep, drink it, you know, until yeah, I get yeah. to a certain point. Um, and I just feel lucky that I'm at the point I am in my life and how successful I've been. And I get to live in an awesome state and um, have my life here, you know? Yeah. Perfect. I'm jealous. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's safe to say that we need to make a road trip, boat trip, flight Roots, trip road, to yeah. <laughs> to uh, to Kim at Maui Brewing Company. Definitely. And just take up the, the amazing culture that's in Hawaii because, yeah. um, yes, they have amazing beaches, the ocean, but it's it's really the people that... It's more than that. Yeah. It's sure. really a special place in my mind. And uh, we can't wait to hang out with you and, and, uh, and see you soon. You'll never want to leave. Yeah. If you come. yeah, I know. See, that's the problem. Yeah, we're a little scared to come yeah. out. Yeah. My girlfriend be like, you can't go. You can't go. <laughs> Ryan, we ha- we'll have to eat one of those burgers together, right? Ryan Definitely. agrees. Yep. <laughs> well, Great. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we hope to see you soon. Cheers. 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 All right, it's the outro, and we don't have much to say during the outro other than we have an awesome episode with our friend, Widowmaker, Gilded Skull, Vox and Hops podcast, and the band Summoner. What was the band name again? Summoner. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yeah, what did I say? Summoner! Yeah! yeah sounded like you were trying to get something out of your throat or something. Yeah, I was just I trying just wanted to, to make sure that our listeners knew what the actual name was. I was just trying to sound metal, but... You, you could say it normal and, like, I can come and be like, Summoner. That's right. So, yeah, you can catch that episode next Friday, and we hope you guys have a great weekend. The best weekend. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers. Cheers.